Hey ladies and gents and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast episode 128. Today we're going to be covering our game of the year, our personal list, and our cumulative list for 2018. As always, I'm joined by Jordan. Greetings, mates. <laughs> and uh, Dom. See these things above my head? Ceiling tiles. No longer am I in a dungeon. No longer in the Nicely dungeon of Nicely done. Um, yes, yeah, so we're going to be covering our personal goatee lists as well as talking about uh, when we add all of our own opinions together, what our, our controlled interests uh, goatee list is. Um, some interesting stuff, some usual suspects, some things you probably expect on our list. Um, do you guys want to go round robin, or do you want to go, I'll give my five, and then, we'll, you know, Dom and Jordan, or do you guys want to go five, 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 four, four, four? What are you guys thinking? Ooh, um, I don't know. What do you want to do? Here, here's what we'll do. I actually have an idea. I'll do my five four three, then you'll do your five four three, then Jordan, and then we'll do our two okay. ones. Kind of just build like the that. anticipation. Yeah. Okay. A nice hybrid. Exactly. So I'll go build first. The anticipation. Um, and some of the stuff I'll talk about more than others, just in case I think that you guys might not have it on your list. Um, and other stuff I'll save for you guys to chat about. Um, but number five, Monster Hunter World. Um, this is actually surprising for me when I was looking back at all back at all the games I played in 2018. Um, you know, when the, the year started, I was very interested in this game. We had discussions about, was this game going to be as obtuse as Monster Hunters in the past? Turns out it was more casual than any of the other entries. Still had some things um, for Western gaming uh, tendencies that it can fix. And maybe um, in the sequel or whatever happens to be the next release that they do on the scale, fix a lot of that stuff. But, man, it was, it was great. I remember as a kid reading about Monster Hunter, the franchise, when it was first announced. And I'm like... There's a video game where you can hunt giant animals and get their parts and make armor from it. And it was really cool. But then as I grew older, I realized that like, I either didn't have the systems it was available on or I read reviews and it was very obtuse and it was kind of intimidating, right? Uh, but now in 2018, when I had the chance to play Monster Hunter World, I loved it. Fell in love with it. I love the item customization. I love that I can play through that game a very specific way that's different from what Jordan, uh, how Jordan would play through it. Um, yeah, it was it was probably one of my biggest surprises of the year, I would say. Really enjoyed Monster Hunter World. Number four, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, this is one that I was anticipating that would rank pretty highly on my list, but I wasn't sure. Um, Assassin's Creed Origins was a very good game. Uh, AC Odyssey, for all intents and purposes, I think blows it out of the water. It took a lot of the new systems that Origins implemented into the Assassin's Creed franchise and made them better you know the the combat where it's kind of souls like in a way um just some of the ways that they're approaching the assassin's creed franchise that you know it's tough it's like the devil and the angel on your shoulder because some of these things that they're adding are really cool but they're also taking away some of the stuff that i've loved being somebody who's played assassin's creed from the very beginning we've had this conversation jordan that being said, mm-hmm. Odyssey, I think the Assassin's Creed games and maybe Ubisoft games in general have some of the most built-in value for a video game. For $60, you get a lot of it. I know people... Unreal. There's the, yeah, there's the joke with Ubisoft, like, oh, there's a go unlock all the towers and the, the maps filled with the icons. And I do think it was worse a couple of years ago as it is now with all that stuff. I still think that's a huge part of their game design, but I don't think it detracts from the quality of their games. Um, for instance, with AC Odyssey, I did almost everything in that game. So I finished the main campaign. I did all of the cult stuff. I did a lot of the side missions. I did the whole 
uh, end area of the game. I don't want to spoil it because I just remember that Jordan is diving into it. So I don't want to spoil this last section and Jordan, you can do. you don't want this spoiled. So, by the way, steer clear of anything because I think Jared would agree. You in particular will appreciate the shit that he just didn't say. So keep that yeah. in mind. The very stuff. it's very Assassin's Creedy, Jordan. So for mm-hmm. us who like love that stuff, that some people are like, take that out of my Assassin's Creed games. It's really cool. Um, Not that my being, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> that being said, uh, I, I don't know if it ends up on your list, Dom, but we talked about how you finished the main campaign and you were satisfied with that, and you felt there was a lot of other stuff to do. It just wasn't um, intriguing enough for you, and that's fine, right? There's as much or as little I, of that game that you want to do. So I don't even know if I'd say that. It's like. I could have kept playing, but I got so many other games I want to play that yeah. I had to cut myself off almost. So it's it's kind of one of those weird things where, like, yeah, this game is, like, overwhelmingly large, but I would I would have liked to keep going, but I got to a point where it's like, uh, at that, you know, after 40-some hours, I was like, okay, now the scales are kind of tipped where I want to get to other stuff. But, exactly. And at the end of the show, after we finish our Godilus action, I want to talk about what we thought were some of the biggest things that happened in 2018 in terms of maybe software or services or anything like that. And I w- specifically, I want to talk about how you played through AC Odyssey because I think that's really awesome for the future of what gaming could possibly be. Um, and lastly, my number three, um, Red Dead Redemption 2. I know this may be surprising that it's not in my top two. Um, it, it was a tough argument between my top three. I'll get to that when I reveal my two-on-one later. Um, and explain how exactly Red Dead Redemption 2 came in at number 3. Love the game. Um, I thought the narrative was great. Um, people hated the pacing of the game. I'll still argue that slow pacing doesn't mean bad pacing. I think that people get that misconstrued. Just because the game's slowly paced doesn't mean it's badly paced. Um, I do think this still suffers from the Rockstar gameplay in terms of uh, shooting mechanics. That's easily the weakest part of the, uh, that game in my opinion. Um, I do wish there were more set pieces in the game. The set pieces that they do have are really great, but I don't think there's a whole lot of them. Um, I think the ca- the characters in Red Dead are really strong. Um, that's one thing I'll say, that if people actually invest time in this game, you'll realize that the pacing of the game is on purpose to help you learn more about Arthur Morgan and his relationships with other people in the gang. And though all the characters won't gel with you, you'll learn a lot about them, and they'll definitely feel... Like unique characters in this world. Um, I think the open world that they built was second to none in terms of variety and the amount of creatures and the amount of activities you can do. And It's one of the deepest open worlds I've ever played and I don't even think it's the largest by any means in terms of actual like land area but um, I, I loved Red Dead Redemption 2. Had its flaws but I think it was one of the more innovative games last year and uh for better or worse, uh, they 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 made the game that they wanted to make, which works when you have fu money, right? So, yeah, those are my five, four, and three. Uh, Dom, you're up next. All right, that's a, that's a solid five, four, three. I like that. I'm glad Monster Hunter World uh, got some mentions already. Yeah, um, loved it. So, really, really quick. I promise I won't go into any depth. Honorable mentions for me: Hollow Knight, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. We've talked about it before. I just got to spit those out because they didn't make my final. So, oh, anyway, real quick um, for my for since we're doing top five, I'll do my two uh, honorable mentions: Subnautica, which I loved, even though I don't like deep water necessarily, and Celeste. So, yeah, yeah, just really quick, wanted to get those. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So my five top, you know, the the fifth best game in my opinion of 2018, Far Cry Five. 
Ooh. <laughs> this is a really good game. Uh, had, had some problems, like, graphically. I'll start with the problems, and then I'll end on the, the you know, the highs. So, uh, like any Far Cry game, you can get in your planes and your choppers or whatever else and go way up in the air and you see all the mountains and the trees and such. A lot of, like, texture popping and that kind of stuff when you look off in the distance in this game. Um, which, oddly enough, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, an equally, actually, much larger game, I didn't notice as much of those problems. I guess you can't fly in planes as high in that game, so that's maybe part of it. But, um, yeah, so other than that, um, oh, one other negative with Far Cry 5, they took out some of the crafting and some of the stuff I actually preferred in the older Far, Far Cry games. Um, so they took some of that stuff out, and the perk system was a little different. I wasn't crazy about it, but otherwise, this was still Far Cry. We're still, you know, running around, doing Far Cry things, blowing shit up, except this time we're in Montana, and we got this crazy, you know, super religious cult that's taking things over. The villain, uh, the main villain, wasn't as interesting as, like, Voss or uh, Pagan Min from Far Cry 3 and 4. But that was all right. He was still, you know, weird enough and creepy enough. Um, weird final boss fight with him, by the way. I, I didn't understand what the heck was going on there. But nonetheless, this was a really cool uh, world that they had built out in Montana. It was kind of exactly how you expect it. But but they made it more fun than you might have expected where we were kind of worried. Like, well, there's not as many, you know, exotic animals and stuff in the U.S. as in, like, the Himalayans and uh, you know, the settings of the other games. But Far Cry 5 was still... There's still a shit ton going on and a ton of st- fun stuff to do. Um, and I was ready for this kind of game earlier this year. I think it came out in February or March, maybe even January. I don't know. It was early in the year. And I had been kind of just itching for that, this sort of gameplay for a while. So this it dropped at just the right time for me. Um, and I had a shit ton of fun playing that game. So that, for that alone, I had to make my list. So Far Cry 5, excellent game. Thumbs up from Dom. Um, <laughs> the dumb double thumb up. Yeah. Uh, number four, Fallout 76. Most <laughs> years, I would have been shocked if if, uh, if you told me I would have ranked a, fa- a brand new Fallout game as, you know, only my fourth best game of the year. Because I'm, like, one of the biggest Fallout fans I know. Actually, probably the biggest Fallout fan I know. But you get where I'm going. Yeah. Uh, but Fallout 76 was kind of lacking... Um, I'm still not done with it, actually, so I still got a lot more to play, but I think I'm 20 hours in or so, so enough to judge it somewhat. Um, it's kind of lacking narratively compared to previous Fallout games. It's uh, more of Fallout 4 in that regard. Um, you don't get a lot of the branching storyline stuff and RPG deep RPG elements that previous Fallout games had, which were the bigger reasons I love them, but you still get a graphically improved version of Fallout 4, um, with some quests that are still interesting enough, and you get that world, um, that post-apocalyptic world with that, you know, stuck in the 50s aesthetic going on. Um, so that's all there, and that's that's shit. I just, ooh, I just sucked that up. So I'm, I'm still into that. The online elements, um, I don't know. I haven't gotten far enough into the game for it to, be, to even notice it. Had a few, a few players, like... Um, <laughs> give me some gear and stuff where I was like, ah, I was at one point I got stuck and all my weapons were broken and I'm sitting in this stupid ass town and I couldn't go, I couldn't do this quest cause I had no weapons and I was to repair them. I needed adhesive. And for some damn reason I couldn't find any adhesive. It's one of the materials and some dude in his like 
tricentennial Uncle Sam suit just comes trotting along. You know, Honey Badger 69 XXO or whatever his name was. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and uh, he just jump, starts jumping in front of me. And so I pop my mic on. I'm like, hey, man, do you have any adhesive? I notice he's like level 55 or something, which is way high. Or maybe 50 is the cap. I don't know. He's way higher level than me. So I just say that. And he never actually verbally replies, but he drops a little paper lunch bag. I don't Okay, interesting. So I, and then he like does a little, I guess you'd call it like an emote, you know, motioning towards it. So I go pick it up. It's like 50 adhesives. Like, oh, wow. Oh, yes. And I was like, okay, all right, I see what's going on here. I repaired all my guns and then went about my merry way. And then so he I killed kinda, you and teabagged you. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So I, right in that moment, I, it was the one moment that there was anything at all, you know, uh, multiplayer wise where i was like okay i see what they were going for with this um I, I didn't get enough of that yet i still gotta get back to the game and stuff but in that moment i was like okay i see this is what could potentially put this game as like you know a new thing something something that makes it great and not just okay um so and then pvp wise i don't understand their strategy with that at all because you there pretty much isn't pvp as far as i'm concerned uh, it doesn't make sense to me there's not enough people in the world for it to even be possible really there's only like 12 people or something per map or 20 i don't know but it's a giant map so and when you shoot someone it doesn't actually harm them basically they've been trying to make it extra extra snowflakey for lack of a better term yeah um they didn't want to make it too severe and harsh on on people like to get uh what's the word uh griefed or whatever yeah <laughs> They didn't want people like going around griefing and making it just inaccessible to new players and stuff like that. Um, but I think they would have been, you know, better served to like maybe put in a, a section of the map where like it's just free PvP, where you kind of go in, kind of like the old RuneScape days, or like there are sections where everyone can just slaughter each other if they choose to go there, because that aspect of the multiplayer, I, it basically was non-existent from what I experienced. So, I mean, that was a missed opportunity, and of course, like I'm sure they're going to make tons of updates and stuff like that but yeah um i didn't have too many problems as far as bugs in this game either so i know a lot of people call it broken and it's you know a, a bag of shit or whatever but i i maybe i was just lucky i i mean i was irritated by the number of times the game was down for maintenance and you know they keep on putting out patches would take which take a long time to download so that was kind of annoying if, you know here and there but as far as actual bugs in the game and performance i didn't have very many problems you know nothing Nothing I didn't see in Fallout 4, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, it wasn't a drastic improvement in performance. Um, so if, if you were already disappointed with their previous games, like, it's not much better. But, yeah, Fallout 76. So I had I had to put it in the list. I still got more I want to do, get in there. Probably pop that platinum one of these days. So, yeah. I, overall, I liked it. It's a good game. Um, whew, just, that, was a, that was a monologue. Number three. Luckily, you already said a lot about it. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I would not have guessed I would even have played this game. Um, but since Google's Project Stream, which I raved about enough in previous weeks, since I got to get into that beta, whatever they call it, um, play it for free. Play it on a freaking MacBook Air with no memory or you know processing power at all. Just right up in the Chrome browser. And nice Xbox Bluetooth controller plugged right in. I just... Everything you said about it is true. This is an awesome giant game. Um, I think it's 
a lot of the comparisons to The Witcher 3 I think are pretty valid. It's in terms of scope and polish, it's right up there. Um, the only thing I'll add to what you said is the writing specifically for Cassandra. I've said it before. She's an awesome character. Uh, one of the best video game characters I can recall in recent memory. So um, definitely pick her at the beginning when you're picking between her and Alexios. I couldn't, I, I can't stress that enough. Because Even just from a performance standpoint and voice acting, yeah, easy choice. Yeah, just top top to bottom. Like Her voice acting is really well done. The writing is really well done. She's funny but also terrifying um, and witty. It's just, I don't know, just a really well done character in a video game which is nice especially in an rpg where you're choosing dialogue options right um much better than if uh fallout 4 the dialogue options were pretty much fucking stupid so they don't even really compare but uh i think to the mass effect where you choose you know out of five options or whatever what you're going to say and shepherd would you know kind of you know uh have a variation of what you picked on the you know the, the words i guess but it wasn't as interesting as, as it is in this. You can pick, like, the one example, Jared, I told you about. I said something along the lines of, I'm going to kill you, was the selection I made. And then she just went on, like, a 20-second, like, tirade about how she's going to cut this guy's stomach open and rip his, in, in, you know, <laughs> tie his intestines around his neck. And it was just like, holy shit. It, it, you know, it actually makes choosing the dialogue options meaningful and, like, impactful. So, um, yeah, I can't, I can't go on enough about how cool that character is, so. Number three, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Nice. We talked about this last week, and it's tough for me because I love my boy Ezio, um, but Cassandra has a strong case for being my favorite Assassin's Creed protagonist. Um, She's just a very well-fleshed-out character. Um, But, yeah, I don't know if she passes Ezio for me, but I I love her to death. Like, easily one of my favorite characters last year. Uh, Jordan, what are your five, four, and three? Uh, In your honorable mentions. Yeah. My connection has been a little touch and go here, so I might sound a little glitchy. Um, but honorable mentions. Um, Far Cry was good. It's in my top ten, Dom. Um, and then Dead Cells and Into the Breach. Oh yeah. Uh, just a couple quick shout outs there. Um, Monster Hunter World. I did enjoy and play for quite a bit, but. Um, it wasn't all the way there for me, and it's something that I would like to get back to at some point. I'm just not sure if that's going to happen. Um, and then another quick honorable mention to Mario Tennis Aces. I wanted this game to be better than it was. Um, it certainly doesn't seem to be as bad as what the last Mario Tennis game uh, was on Wii U. Uh, but it also doesn't seem like it's all the way there as far as what we're looking for. Um, but, you know, the multiplayer is is mostly there, and um, there's a lot of fun to be had with the game, so I, I did still want to give it a shout-out, but um, it had some stuff, especially, you know, I talked about Racket Health and um, just kind of the, 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 I guess stupid is a good way to put it, the single-player campaign just wasn't wasn't great. There's a lot of dumb shit with it, so, um, yeah, <laughs> it was just... Weird difficulty you know, spikes, right? Of, weird difficulty spikes, and then, um, you know, kind of like we'll talk about with Smash, I'm sure, how they have some challenges oh, yeah. and different levels and stuff, and they're just, some of them are, are just whack. Whack is a good way to put it. You know, sometimes Nintendo is just so far off the mark, and you just, you're kind of left 
standing there wondering what the hell is going on and uh and i think the solo campaigns for both smash and mario aces um has got plenty of those moments unfortunately but on to my top five anyways this one number five was a little bit difficult uh to choose because it technically came out earlier than last year on pc um, but this is always kind of de- kind of a debate debate a lot of times uh indie games will come out on pc and then don't show up on console for maybe even a couple several years sometimes so um, but with the release on Switch, I wanted to go ahead and add Hollow Knight to my list. Um, it's hell yeah, a special game. It's a special game just um, in general, but then also obviously for its genre, it's special. Um, there's a lot of Metroidvania esque stuff coming out around the time that this released on Switch last summer, and. Um, I think it still fortunately shines through that crowd even with stuff like Dead Cells um, even though they do have some differences fundamentally but um, Hollow Knight also has a lot of other stuff going for it um, I still have plenty left to play and, and would like to jump in deeper it is a difficult game and I'm not going to lie and say I haven't had trouble with it uh, but it has a lot of uh, Lovecraftian and uh, horror vibes um, in a lot of ways feels uh, similar to what you would think a 2D Bloodborne would feel like uh, with quick paced action and um, kind of uh, deeper hack and slash uh, combat Uh, so yeah there's a lot of cool stuff with Hollow Knight but uh, I feel like you know a lot of people including us have talked a lot of great uh, a great deal about um, the greatness of Hollow Knight so um, not too much to say but yeah definitely like that game a lot um, I think it accounts for being on the list too sorry to interrupt you uh, Dom and I talked about this Go but ahead. like with Hollow Knight and games where they come out on PC and then they make their way to console the following year I think that's justifiable I think when it's like an early mm-hmm. access game or a game that comes out on one console I think that's where there's more of a discussion um mm. I, I think it's yeah. fine if a game comes out on PC and then gets ported to consoles. I think it, it counts for 2018. Well, what yeah. was the comment I made, Jared, where, like, it may have came out in 2017, but 80% of people played it <laughs> upon its releases in 2018, right? That's, That's when true. people actually That's talked true. about it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Jordan. Switch release was big for all the night, so. Um, number four is uh, God of War PS4. Um, and uh, next up I'll get into a little bit of the reasons why it's not at the number three spot with the next game but uh, as far as God of War goes um, you know obviously I've talked a lot about how much I love the franchise and especially the original trilogy on PS2 and um, definitely you know one of my favorite Playstation franchises and uh favorites on the ps2 as well um so definitely had a lot of anticipation coming into this game i can remember all the way back to the concept art leaks of the different um you know norse mythology uh that we were going to be looking at in this game and getting very excited from that and i think that you know going with north norse mythology was a great 
plan and they definitely nailed it in that aspect they nailed a lot of aspects of the game uh, the visuals I think are um, obviously gorgeous but also the design and the um, concepts that they're working with um, the artistry I've been looking at uh, the art book since I beat the game and um, they just nailed it Sony Santa Monica is obviously one of the more talented studios in the world and certainly in Sony's stable so um, they nailed a lot of the design aspects of this game the conceptual aspects of this game um, as far as the gameplay goes I certainly had my issues with it and um, you know wasn't as fond of it as a lot of people were I feel like uh, there's a lot of stop and go where I wish there was fluidity um, and then there's you know tons of minutiae some of which I touched on um, earlier episodes um, but the the combat is almost there for me and uh, I feel like um, there's a lot of cool aspects of course the axe is great and now that we've all beaten it we can talk about the blades of chaos um, which I think do some uh, in some ways improve upon uh, the combat and help you kind of pick up the pace a little bit and get your rhythm going um, but uh, I would have liked to see um, just a little more variety in combat you know there's a lot of God of War games where you get multiple different weapons and that doesn't even necessarily be the, need to be the case here but um, I just did feel a little bit stilted in uh, plenty of combat situations so I think it has a lot of potential to be uh, really knocked out of the park um, with the sequel to this game uh, because obviously the the studio is capable of making um, really solid combat uh, systems and I can totally feel for them in the fact that they uh, you know they were doing a major change in direction uh, for the series with this game, so it couldn't have been easy. Um, there's some stuff, you know, people talk about this game kind of like being revolutionary in a lot, a lot of ways, and I feel like there is actually a lot of video gamey stuff that people kind of look over and don't recognize in this game. Um, and I feel like Santa Monica jumping into a pseudo RPG, kind of like a lot of the Assassin's Creed games have been doing over the last several years. Um, was not the smoothest transition and especially the menus and um, just the RPG elements of upgrading your gear and adding um, you know like power up stones into uh, like ruin runes into weapons and certain things like that a lot of that is uh, quite tangled and I don't think it was uh, very streamlined or smooth for the user experience um, but yeah, kind of a mixed mixed bag on God of War, but nonetheless, it's it's got a lot of fantastic stuff going on, and of course, the story is really really well done and and fabulously acted, and was a blast to uh, watch and um, ride along with the twists and turns. So um, that's why God of War is at number four for me. Should I jump to number three? Uh, yeah, I think. I'm, assu I'm assuming Dom and I are going to have it also on our list a little bit higher. I think you did a good job of describing a lot of things that kind of explain why it didn't land so high on your list. So I don't know if there's a lot sure. for me to add there in that perspective that you hadn't already touched on. Sure. 
So I think once we sure. get it towards a little bit higher on the list, that's when we can talk a little bit more of like even killer positive stuff. So yeah, go ahead yeah. with your three. I wouldn't oh. say you know just as far as you know being a big fan of the series, this was not a disappointment in any uh, stretch of the in any stretch of the imagination, but. Um, it didn't knock it out of the park as far as the return of God of War for me. Yeah, and I mean, we're talking about so, our top five. Like, it's, you know, anywhere you yeah, land on the list is still good. <laughs> definitely high up there. Definitely a great game. So, yeah. Um, number three uh, is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and that just barely uh, jumped up over God of War. And I don't, you know, I was thinking I don't necessarily believe that it's just because I played it right here at the end of, the, of 2018 leading into the show. Um, I do think that just like with God of War, there's a lot with this game that I have mixed emotions on. I think that um, there's a lot of lackluster areas to the or parts to the single player campaign, World of Light. Um, a lot of improvements that you could have made. There's once again, like with uh, Mario Aces, there's difficulty spikes and random whack really just kind of goofy ass challenges and yeah um, you know i think that the it seems like you know the developers or nintendo really thought that this whole spirit system was was the shit or was really fucking interesting and i don't necessarily see that it is nearly as much um for me it's about unlocking all these fighters and it's kind of weird how that is almost like a <clears throat> just a side thing that you're doing uh, throughout playing the game in various different ways that you can to unlock those characters. Um, but I talked with Jared before the show a little bit about how I really hadn't gotten into this series before. I had kind of just watched a lot of people play it over the years uh, since I was a kid. And um, oddly enough, you know, uh, some of my non-gamer friends are more into this than I am. And uh, so it's a weird hole, a weird gap in my... Um, in the spectrum of games that I've become familiar with over the years, but uh, started with the 3DS version not long before picking up the or getting the uh, the Switch version, and uh, so I am enjoying it from kind of a different perspective or situation where I'm still just learning the game and, and getting introduced to the the franchise as a whole. Uh, with these couple games that I've been playing, so I'm enjoying getting into the minutia of each individual fighter and and spending a little time with them, and then moving on to the next one that I unlock and really slowly plotting through each and every one. Uh, so there's a lot of um, enjoyment to be had for me there, where others might not uh, find enjoyment because they are in a different situation with their familiarity uh, with the series. So. That has been enjoyable for me, and I think that is the thing that pushed it ahead of God of War for me was uh, the fun, kind of the fun factor, the enjoyability for me. I've had a great time. Obviously, I haven't even mentioned yet, but of course, it's a blast to play uh, couch co-op. I haven't been playing online, but multiplayer couch co-op is is a blast because um, that's you know the foundation of Smash Bros. in the first place, and they've continued to nail it. So. Um, you know, over the the course of the next couple of weeks, I might have more to say about complaints and digging deeper into why I don't like World of Light as much. Um, but the fact that I had a little bit more fun with this game than I did with God of War, 
um, I think is what pushed it uh, just a little bit ahead. So, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll tack on there, like, I'll echo what you said, that uh, <clears throat> there's something to be said about the the amount of characters and the depth to each character and, like, mm-hmm. the tiny little details of how each character plays and, like, and then overall, putting them all together, the balance between them, it's all, like, that's all, like, goddamn impressive. And, I mean, you can kind of say, like, well, this is two decades in the works of uh, balancing these characters out, really, between all the games. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's still, like, it's impressive uh, what they were able to do there. But I definitely agree. I've, like, started going through World of Light, and there's spots where I'm, like, what the hell is that? Just did, some Nintendo-ass decisions. Yeah. But, uh, cool game. Kind of towards towards what you're saying it reminds me that individual characters remind me of individual weapons in bloodborne where yeah you know kind of one of the complaints with bloodborne is that it doesn't have as many weapons as a traditional souls game but the fact of the matter is is each weapon has so many different options of how to attack and um, is so deep in the different uh permutations that you have with it that it like I said, reminds me of the characters here where every single character has so many different permutations and options and little minutiae, nitty-gritty that yeah. you can dig down deep into. So um, you're able to get... You're, you're able to soak a lot out of it. Um, as Dom said, as I was laughing earlier, so, suck it all up, you know? So uh, there's a lot to... <laughs> yeah, like Kirby. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot to be had there, just like with weapons and Bloodborne. You can get in and grab a new one and spend a lot of time with it. And not, and not, it really doesn't feel monotonous because there's so many different uh, little crevices to find yeah. of these characters that you can uh, do new things with and, and find interest, interesting ways to play with them. It was uh, also my honorable mentions list. It made my top ten. Um, the weird thing with it is after I had already unlocked all of the fighters at this point there's not a game i could say i had more fun with playing with friends than smash like it's just a blast playing with your friends yeah there's not a game i would say i've had less fun with playing by myself after i've unlocked mm. all of the fighters i think the, the most wow. fun you can have a single player in that game is unlocking the fighters because one of the cool things with smash yeah. is that if you don't beat that fighter when it pops up that a new opponent has emerged you don't get them until you beat them. You know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll say just on the little thing of... It's a little weird how you unlock them. Definitely a kind of a Nintendo situation. I've got problems with Smash as far as its UI. I've always thought that it's very clunky and not friendly to the user. Very well, difficult it's, to It's navigate. designed by his wife. That's why. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Is it Sator- uh, um, is it Wada? Am I getting that right? No. No, it's, it's not, uh, uh, Sakurai. Uh, Sakurai's wife Sakurai. does all of the the menu design. <laughs> People have complained about that for years. It's kind of yeah, like he makes really the game. And he's like, clunky. "Hey, you got to make the design." And she's like, "Okay." <laughs> Jesus. <know>? But <laughs> so, anyways, there's um, yeah. this thing called challengers. Uh, there's yep, this thing the called door. challengers approach, and it's this door, but it's like hidden inside of I think the games and more section. And um, yeah. it's very it's very weird how like it'll only show up sometimes under certain conditions and basically you kind of have to grab it while you can and jump in. Um, it's weird that with so many fucking characters to unlock, it's weird that you can't just have that as one of the modes where it's like 
listen, once I, you know, have tried this guy and he's come through and approached or whatever, then I don't understand why I can't just jump back in whenever I want. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, that's kind of a Nintendo uh, type of way of doing it. And so, um, yeah, unlocking the characters is fun and there are plenty uh, to unlock. Um, but I can totally see how once I finish with that and uh, World of Light isn't entertaining me, then, yeah, besides Couch Co-op, there's not going to be too much for me to do unless I just really am enjoying digging into certain characters to kind of uh, master them. Yeah. Um, I think those are all of our five, four, three. so I think we'll hop into our top twos. Um, for me, my number two is God of War. Uh Honestly, going through my list this year, it was the hardest thing to decide between my 3-2-1 that I've had in a while. So in 2017, my number one game was Super Mario Odyssey. Um, I know both of you, I think, one of you had Horizon Zero Dawn, I think, and one of you had Breath of the Wild, or maybe it was something to that degree. But like Super Mario Odyssey, to me, was easily my favorite and, and I think the best game of that year. 2016, it was Inside. This year was tough, and with God of War... We talked about it, Dom, so I don't want to retread old ground too much. But I do think my problem with the combat wasn't that I felt it was lackluster. I think it just my expectations were set too high from what I had heard from people. And we talked about this. You even said you didn't remember that you said this. But when you first played God of War, you said, oh, it, it's the best Souls-like combat I've ever played. It's even better than, than Bloodborne or Dark Souls 3. So I went, yeah. in with, I went in with the expectation of like, oh, dang, uh, this is really good. And I don't think it's bad necessarily. Um, I talked about how I love the Norse mythology and how they implemented it. And as someone who's familiar yeah. with it, The Stranger, uh, and if you're listening to the, the Game of the Year podcast, you should know we're going to be spoiling stuff. Obviously, The Stranger being Balder. And as somebody who knows Norse mythology, like I talked about Dom, he was invulnerable, which already kind of ticked me off to the point that he was, oh, this is Balder. But personality-wise, he was unlike any way Balder's been approached in terms of writing. He's always seen as the arrogant pretty boy. And in this, he's kind of like the sloppy drunk, right? So I was kind of like, oh, is this Balder or is this somebody else? They're kind of, are they mixing powers or what exactly is going on? There's a ton of surprises. I told you guys I didn't know about the chaos, uh, the Blades of Chaos. I didn't know about um, Loki, the ending. A lot of surprises in this game. I do think, I have to agree with Jordan on the sense that I do think the combat in this feels like Origins in the sense where it's a studio going a completely different direction with the game, and the first approach it didn't necessarily hit on all cylinders for me, and I do think it could vastly improve in the sequel. Obviously, like I said, Odysseys I think is vastly improved from Origins. I don't think this is as bad as Origins. I think Origins was a lot rougher. Um, the RPG systems I do think could use some tweaking. There's way too many folders and sub-menus. It gets a little busy. Yeah. Um, but fantastic game. Axe throwing is incredible. Um, I think the acting is phenomenal. Um, I think we had some of the best character acting in, you know, in the Spider-Mans and the God of Wars and Red Deads that I've played in a long time. Um, like, I think all yeah. three of those protagonists were very well written and very well acted. Um yeah, I love yeah. God of War. I I do like that they teased the the big gods, the big Acer gods, and they didn't really go full bore on that. Um, I really appreciate that. 
I do like that there's enough there in terms of Easter eggs and hidden things that there's people questioning stuff. I love that when it comes to wondering what the next sequel is going to be, of like, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? I love that given how successful Marvel's been with Thor, that they didn't feel pigeonholed to that, and they were like, no, Thor's an asshole in this, as he's been told to be. He's kind of pudgy, which I can't wait to see a kind of pudgy Thor. We kind of got a tease of him, obviously, at the end of the game. Um, I do think if this game would have met the expectations I had in terms of combat, it would have been my game of the year. But mm. I do think that's where... I do think its gameplay and narrative were closer than what I felt Red Dead's. I think the the gunplay for Red Dead really marked it down for me. But like I said previously, this was one of the hardest years for me to... If you were to give me three index cards with my top three and mix them up and put them on a table and mark one, two, three, I w- wouldn't be too upset with whatever order it ended up in, personally. But, yeah, my number two is God of War. My number one, since it's the only game left that you would assume is Batman Arkham Knight. Um, so, <laughs> so, so Spider-Man. I love this game. I haven't actually even had a chance to finish the third DLC, which is unfortunate, but for me, when I'm talking about Goaty, I'm t- talking about like the package itself, obviously, because everyone maybe doesn't yeah. play the DLC. Um, I do think the DLC is good. Um, but with Spider-Man, I do think it hit the best in terms of narrative and gameplay. For me, I do think its narrative wasn't as... It didn't hit the highs that God of War or Red Dead Redemption 2 hit for me. But I don't think its gameplay ever hit the lows that Red Dead hit for me. Or the the mismanaged expectations that God of War did too. Um, I just think it was sol- solid all the way around. Obviously, we have our complaints with it. Jordan, me and you talked about how maybe Miles could have been used differently. Um, there are sections of the game that maybe you could have sure. done different things. But I do think from a top-down level, I do think in terms of narrative and gameplay, it hit both of those. I think it has excellent gameplay. I don't think it ever feels too repetitive. I think it took a lot of the systems from the Arkham series and improved on them and made them their own. It doesn't feel like copy-pasted Batman combat. It feels like Spider-Man's actually... This is Spider-Man combat. Um, Yeah, I just love the game. I think with God of War and it, they did an excellent job of teasing what's coming next. Um, a great variety of suits. Jordan Meany also talked about this. I'm glad that Insomniac didn't feel, uh, didn't feel pigeonholed to only do suits that people wanted, and they did create some of their own unique suits, which is great. Yeah. I, I'm glad they weren't afraid to do that. Um, Yuri Lowenthal did an excellent job. I think a, a lot of the actors in this game did great. Um, I know people kind of beg on it for having a traditional or expected Spider-Man story. I do think that mm-hmm. is... I understand that argument, but I do think when you're launching a franchise like this, you kind of have to be a little bit on the safe side. I do think they took some interesting risks and they set it up in a way that felt refreshing. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed Spider-Man. But like I said before, if you would have said, hey, no, Red Dead has to be your game of the year or God of War, I'm okay with that. It's just for me, Spider-Man, when I was putting it in my head and figuring out which one came out on top and rose to the the cream of the crop the cream of the crop uh spider-man's it for me (laughs) (laughs) really enjoyed it really loved it spider-man is an awesome damn game as you just mentioned and that's why it's my number two oh damn segue of the day right there anyway everything you just said uh pretty much agree with i the one thing um i'll start with again with the, the small gripes i had that make it number two and not number one one thing I kind of like 
doesn't put it quite over the top for me. And frankly, in pretty much any other year, you know, my one or two would have been a one for sure. Um, but the one thing that didn't quite, you know, push this above my number one was the combat did get a little bit repetitive for me. Um, okay. Spe- specifically, specifically the the sable outposts outposts kind of just got like really irritating. And to be fair, though, I did end up platinum this game. Um, so a lot of that kind of irritation came after beating the game and kind of happened, you know, in a pursuit of the platinum, wanting the to go grind. through and do all these sable outposts and yeah. outposts. And yeah, so that those specifically got really like irritating. And I didn't mind necessarily the grinding aspect because I didn't mind doing, you know, the random thug encounters and the, uh, the demon hideouts and that kind of stuff. Those weren't as bad, but specifically the sable outposts, like were just driving me a little bit nuts. And like those parts of the combat kind of just made me like, wish i wasn't doing it but i wanted to do it to get the trophy anyway basically um yeah but otherwise i mean you you can't say enough about how good it goddamn feels to swing around the city it's unreal just the the physics of it are are so spot on it's it's hard to describe you just kind of have to do it yourself and just feel it um in addition to that the way the music you know swells up as you're swinging and, and um the way J. Jonah Jameson's radio station pops on every once in a while to complain about you as you're swinging along and just uh, there's little details like that that just added up just make it a great experience the like two sets experience of voice overall. acting of like they recorded lines for if you're swinging or not swinging he sounds a little bit exasperated it's right, crazy yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's a lot of stuff like that um, in addition to that um, you could be on a phone call with someone while you're swinging all of a sudden you stop really quick to go interrupt some thugs robbing a bank or whatever it is um, you kind of hang up or just say, gotta go by or something really quick like that. So the way that the programming there is impressive. Then in addition to that, as soon as you're done with that activity, he calls back and he's got a line of dialogue to reintroduce the phone call very, very naturally, which is like, holy shit, that's actually really impressive from a, you know, uh, programming kind of perspective that it felt so natural the way that, and it's obviously random whether or not you chose to go and, you know, stop those guys robbing the bank. Um, so I mean, it's little details like that that kind of add up to make that this game just really, really special. And then the story, I think, um, I've not watched this uh, Into the Spider-Verse movie yet. People seem to love that. But otherwise, I've seen, all the <laughs> I've seen all the other Spider-Man movies, and the story in this game is far and away better. Um, and obviously, it's animated and not you know live-action acted, but the acting is, I mean, I like uh, Yuri... Whatever the hell his last name was, that's Lone not how. Yeah. <laughs> I like him better than certainly than Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Um, I think uh, new guy Tom Holland is really good too. Um, he's got another movie. We'll see. It's a, they're both really good um, as Spider Man. But yeah, and, um, the story was a bit. Um, I saw it coming with the villains. They're mostly yeah. with the villains, if you know what I mean. I don't, this is a slightly newer game than God of War, so I won't outright spoil what goes on. But like. After the first few chapters, you can see what they're going to do with the villains. It becomes pretty obvious. Um, if you've seen any Spider-Man anything, then you know. Um, but they did some different stuff with uh, with his aunt, uh, with Aunt May and stuff like that. At least as far as I know, it was a little little bit different. Um, certainly emotionally impactful um, overall. It was just a really great story. And Jared, you went on about um, you know months ago when we first played it. Um, you gave a great speech on how good the final boss battle was and how impactful that was. And I couldn't agree more with that without getting into details. Like that shit was like, Ooh, that was, 
like punches you in the gut, uh, kind of good. Yeah, this game was awesome. I, I'm pumped for for the sequel. So Spider Man was just, just top notch. Like this is just like, the superhero game, like the the pinnacle. The one thing I will say is there's two games I cried during uh, this year. Uh, I cried during the end of Red Dead Redemption Two, and I actually cried during the ending of uh, of Spider Man. Um, so they were mm. very emotionally impactful on me personally. Yeah. And that and that sounds corny or whatever, but if you've played through Spider Man. Um, then you're you're listening to Jared and being like, yeah, I could see that. I was certainly yeah. on the brink as well at the end because um, it is that impactful. Like it's 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 just damn good, dude. On the brink. On yeah. the brink. Yeah. <laughs> um, Welcome to our new podcast about skiing or uh, whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> so, number one for me, um, no surprises is, is God of War. Red Dead Redemption, baby. <laughs> Perhaps the greatest crime of this podcast is actually going to be the fact that I never even got to play Red Dead Redemption, so it's almost unfair of me to say a top five without having played that game. It's fine. Um, we can't get to everything. Because it's, I mean, yeah, I have limited time, but it, that game, from the sounds of it, is right up my alley, so it's kind of a bummer that I, I'm going to get to it one of these days. Then, in, in which day, I'll come back and revise my list. So be it. Anyway, number one is God of War, because, and I'm going to say this, um, it is a perfect video game. And I know we talk about, oh, you know, 10 out of 10 doesn't mean perfect, yada, yada, yada. I think this game actually is perfect. Um, if some, Even if something is, we'll say, like, if you're t- speaking mathematically, you know, 99.9999%, eventually you just say 100 because there's no real reason to say otherwise. It's not worth conversing about, you know. Uh, so I'd say that God of War actually is a perfect video game. Just I'm going to start with that. I'm going to double down. Well, it's like... Jared. There's like you know the perfect girl of your dreams is still gonna have stuff you don't like about her you know yeah she's, she's like a like, foot fetish she's perfect yeah oh god she's like perfect to you you know <laughs> unless that is more perfect too I guess who knows <laughs> yeah maybe like maybe foot fetish girl is the girl of someone's dreams yeah there you go it's certainly a subjective thing I mean I'm saying it's perfect right I, that might not mean you think it's perfect um but yeah, yeah. I think it's it's to me it's worth calling perfect. I, there's to me there's no really there's not really flaws that are even worth mentioning um for when i'm playing through the game so kind of how i just mentioned in spider-man some of the combat it's you know later parts in the game i kind of was like Ugh, i don't really want to do this that doesn't happen in god of war for me at any point with the combat with the with the story with anything it was just it, it was so fluid um fluid in terms of how this you know the how the story was told in terms of pacing and in terms of switching between uh, gameplay and cutscenes and things like that i used to talk about how much i loved uncharted 4 um in the last of us because of how well they blended the gameplay and the cutscenes in the story this does it even better which i can't believe is possible but it does um the whole one the one shot aspect of it um i don't know there's not anything else i can say about that it's just it's impressive um and the gameplay for you sorry to interrupt you i have a question for you so i know you really love this game one thing I will say is a complaint for me that actually Corey Barlog said that was something that he was kind of upset that they weren't able to do in this game is the lack of boss fights because he feels that that's very in tune with what God of War is and he felt that there weren't enough mm-hmm. boss fights. He said obviously they're difficult to make. I agree. He said that the biggest mistake that they made was giving the ogres and the trolls those giant boss battle health bars because they don't actually function like bosses really. They're just like more difficult enemies Many bosses yeah he actually talked about how that was a big struggle during development of like do we keep those big bars do we give them normal health bars 
how do you feel? I know you're not somebody who's super familiar with God of War. You only played three, right? Um, how do you feel in terms of the amount of boss battles in the game? Just a note, so, God of War's always had lots of god boss battles, but then also lots of mini boss battles. Like mythical creatures or like stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, like So this was um, So this game was ostensibly the first God of War game I ever finished. So when I went into it, yeah, I, I had no such complaints. You yeah, know? Um, understandable. It just yeah. felt like that was the way this game was designed, and it was best that way. Um, having since then gone and uh, played God of War 3, I could definitely see if you were a huge fan of the series uh, and how it was made that you would kind of be a little bummed out that, yeah, like there's not your typical video game boss battles in the same sense uh, as you'd be used to in God of War. So I could definitely see how that would be a You also don't a, fight a, a lot of, of gods. A bummer. True, yeah. Yeah, it's, you fight three, Yeah, I think. Yeah. Right? Magni Modi and Baldur. Right? Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I... I, def- I mean, I agree with that. I don't have, like, that as a complaint myself, but I definitely could see that. Yeah. Um, Understandable. Because um, it's like, you know, that's why I thought, uh, shoot, what other game was I talking about? Oh, Far Cry 5, the boss battle at the very end felt really out of place. It just didn't seem right. They could have shoehorned a boss battle, more boss battles into God of War. Into, but in that game, it, it would have felt off, I think, if they tried to do something more like the previous ones, the previous God of War games. The way they had built this new game... It didn't. It shouldn't have had those kind of boss battles. Um, yeah, but there could be a counter argument being made that there, you fight so many trolls in this game. Like you fight a lot of trolls. Like just if you really think about it, you fight a lot of trolls throughout this game. Either they're magma trolls or ice trolls. You could ostensibly replace one of them with a boss, given a few narrative twists, right? Because you fight a lot of trolls in it. Even Corey Barlock talked about it. There, you fight a lot of them. <laughs> You know what I mean? Whereas it, when you first face them, it's like, oh, is this like a mini boss or what is this? It's like kind of difficult. But as the game progresses, they just become the bigger enemy type where it's like not really that difficult once you get how they handle. You know what I mean? But I, I understand yeah. where you're coming from being as somebody who didn't play the series a whole lot. You wouldn't have that argument because you don't know that argument. It's just it is what it is to you and that's what you felt the game should be. So completely understandable. Yeah. It's like I said. I mean, it is subjective, and it, 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 anything anyone says about it, you know, comes with weight behind it, and you know their past experiences and perspective with yeah. the context of the of the everything else around the game too that affects how you think about it. So that's certainly something you know to be said. Um, but yeah, there there was no point. There was no part of this game that I think was a negative. There was no part like even in if I look back at Dark Souls or Ocarina of Time, there during. The, the time I played those games, I could pinpoint moments of like, ugh, of eye roll, of like, here we go with this, or like, where the fuck is this key supposed to be? This specific point, you know, is dumb. Even in the grander scheme of things, you look, you overlook it because the rest of the game is so good. And God of War, I didn't even have those moments. So that's why to me, like, it, it, I don't even necessarily think it's innovative either. Um, we've talked about that before too, where yeah. it doesn't necessarily do too much that's like brand new and crazy functions or whatever it just does everything so well it does so well yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting in that sense but yeah i love how much the story is contained as well the, the story they told is i mean your end goal from the start to the very end of the game is to spread those ashes and that's how the game ends um i like that part of it they really focused on what they were trying to tell the story they were trying to tell and and that was that but um shoot yeah i don't know i just it's a damn good game, you guys. So Shoot, yeah. 
Uh, Jordan, what are your top two? So I'm kind of going to talk about these interchangeably, so I'll go ahead and uh, real quick, I also want to add a a little caveat here. Um, You know, Don was talking about how he never even got to Red Dead Redemption 2. I uh, crazily never played Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, this year. Uh, I got it for Christmas, and um, I think I might actually just go ahead and jump into that because Origins is kind of ticking me off where um, you can tell that I'm clearly having to grind through some side quests to get to like recommended levels for uh, the main quest, which is not necessarily something that's been a part of the series up until now and, and is a little bit Jared, or uh, Jordan? I'll interrupt you really quick. So when I played through Odyssey, I ended up buying this bonus thing you can buy to basically speed up yeah, the rate at which you increase XP. Yeah, by fifty percent. Yeah. So that's how I played through the game. So I didn't have. Had I not had that, I may have had the same complaint. But yeah, put yeah. that out there. So that's not great. But uh, anyways, I'll get to Odyssey, and I'm sure it'll have been one of my top games, um, at least in the top ten. Um, but, you know, there's something to be said for the fact that I wasn't really a fan of Origins at first. I've come around a little bit, but still have issues with it. Um, so I'm just kind of in a weird spot with Assassin's Creed, uh, the series in general right now. But we'll see how I feel after Odyssey. Also, just a few days ago, I got and started playing Tetris Effect on PS4. Ooh. I wanted to kind of wait for a price drop from 40 but eventually I was just so enticed. Uh, heard so many good things, and... You know, at the end of the day, it's 40 bucks. whatever, I jumped in. I'm glad I did. I will say that, uh, you know, it's a lovely, gorgeous game. I don't have PSVR, but it's still so enveloping. And, you know, HDR on this big screen, it looks gorgeous and sounds amazing with the music. Um, but the single-player campaign has some weird difficulty spikes, kind of like what we were talking about with the Mario games. Um like, right now I'm having trouble with these levels where it's going from speed level 1, and then you'll clear a few lines, and it jumps up to 5, and then all of a sudden it jumps up to 9, and it makes these levels go from playable to just, like, like a ridiculous breakneck speed, which, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of like with Smash Bros. I'm still learning to be good at Tetris, but I feel like I should be able to do this a little bit better than I am right now, so... I'm in a weird spot with that game. Still definitely enjoying it. Still a really cool experience and probably would have been on my list had I spent a little more time with it before this uh, came up. But um, just wanted to mention those two. And so then my top two games, I'll just say Spidey's 1, Red Dead Redemption is 2. Very close uh, neck and neck neck race here. the reason that Red Dead Redemption ended up being number two, because I talked very, very highly of this game when it first came out and still have a lot of great things to say, but I do think the further I've gotten into the game, uh, the more it has, uh, just a little bit, not totally, but kind of soured a little bit because, um, you know, much has been said about the controls. We've talked about it. You guys have mentioned it a little bit, or Jared, you did earlier. Um, the controls is one thing, but there's a lot of stuff and some of it's minutia some of it's bigger stuff there's a lot of stuff in this game that just doesn't necessarily come together and um ends up you know kind of unfortunately falling apart in some places uh my boy on youtube nakey jakey just did a really great like 40 minute video he's a huge rockstar fan and um talked a lot about how some of the systems 
you know, there's a lot of uh, systems in this game, and a lot of times they don't always necessarily match up together and flow well together. Um, for example, I really wanted to get into like a kind of like a horse racket thing that I was wanting to do here, where I was going to try to like just be stealing horses and then selling them to the fence. And um, there's just weird stuff where like you can't get that much for a horse because you don't have the the title for it but then it's like what's the point of stealing horses in the first place and then um Nakey Jakey was going into the wanted system and how it's it's really kind of broken like depending upon what your really super specific situation is on how you're dressed or what mask you have on or whatever um depends on how uh like policemen will recognize you or if people will freak out if you're uh, walking through town if you you know killed somebody or whatever so uh, I do think the wanted system's kind of broken in that sense um, there's a lot of stuff that like people have figured out now that we've had some time with the game on how these systems work um, and I think that a lot of it is I wouldn't say broken but a lot of it just falls apart another good example is the fact that you like have to constantly re-equip your whole your whole weapon wheel basically when you're jumping off of your horse uh, because your horse is kind of like holding all of your equipment um, but you know they reset your whole weapon wheel you gotta like scroll through everything and put it where you want it every time you jump off and then they also reset your ammo type so that you have to jump back through each gun and and repick the ammo type that you were previously using and I know that some of this stuff sounds like little minutia but there's just when it is such a complicated game and there are multiple occasions of uh, these intricate systems not matching up and flowing well together. Um, unfortunately, you know the the game starts to break down in certain ways, and um, that keeps it from the true greatness that I thought that it was gonna fully achieve uh, when I first started playing it. There's obviously still so much that I like about it. Um, especially the story and the characters and I do enjoy the pacing and the immersion in the world um, but yeah there's a lot of stuff that seems like stubborn rock star stuff um, a lot of antiquated stuff um, and there's definitely you know the shootings not great um, so there's unfortunately some things that keep this um, in a lot of ways incredible masterpiece incredible masterpiece excuse me um, from reaching the true heights of you know some of my favorite games of all time uh, like The Witcher 3 which I was comparing it to initially so uh, really really love Red Dead but like I said there's just uh, eventually the issues really start piling up and so that's what kept it in the number two slot as opposed to number one uh, which is Spider-Man and a game that I uh, you know have so much fun with and uh, really enjoyed the shit out of didn't think that it was as good of a game as Red Dead and thought that it wouldn't be uh, taking the slot but now that I look back and you know talking about with things kind of falling apart with Red Dead Spider-Man in the most in most areas holds up so well and is such a complete and well put together package um, sure, the story's not going to blow your fucking mind, but I do think that it's really solid and well told and intriguing and, and easy to get invested in. Jared, you mentioned the fabulous acting, which is top to bottom. 
Um, I've been super surprised watching people pick up a controller. A lot of people that aren't even really gamers at my house and then just start swinging after watching for just a couple minutes someone else play uh, because of how intuitive uh, the system is built. Um, I do think the combat in, in certain situations in the game, uh, gameplay situations, can get repetitive and I also think that uh, there can be times when it borrows too heavily from the Arkham series, uh, but for the most part I think it's really done a great job of refining a lot of that stuff, and, um, you know, like I was saying, it's, it's just the complete package top to bottom. It has so much to offer, certainly lots of value, but then, you know, if you're a Spider-Man fan or a superhero fan, there's, there's going to be a lot there for you too. Um, so, yeah, man, I, you know... Um, Jared, you kind of hinted at this. I definitely uh, would have uh, tweaked the way that they wove in the Mary Jane and Miles Morales parts, especially like the gameplay specifically, not into the story as much. But That was a little weird. <clears throat> yeah, that, that's my least favorite part of the game, where the Mary Jane and Miles parts uh, definitely thought they were rough. And um, But, you know, I enjoyed the puzzle stuff as Peter Parker playing as Peter in the lab doing the, uh, you know, DNA matchups and shit like that. <clears throat> I really enjoyed all of the Peter Parker Spider-Man stuff, just not the ancillary characters with their gameplay moments. Um, but yeah, still enjoying the DLC. About to jump into the third one uh, since I finished the second one now. And so, uh, yeah, I think just when it comes to being a complete package, uh, looking back at it now and mulling it over a little bit now that I've uh, got some distance from my initial thoughts on Red Dead. I think that it does, you know, uh, pull out the win here just a little bit above Red Dead because, um, yeah, it's more top to bottom. Um, got that complete package. So, and Spider. Man, the crazy thing is, we're just getting started with that franchise. Like that's, that's the craziest thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And when we look back on it, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays in terms of Marvel games moving forward, because it was the first game in their new structure and direction, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Let's get to our top ten collectively. So the way it works is we all gave our top ten lists, and then um, in reverse order, so your number one got ten points, your number two got nine points, so on and so forth. I added all of our points together, and that's how we determine our game of the year. It's an easy way where we don't have to argue for hours or all this stuff. I think just, and we don't we don't take it too much to heart. It's our collective game of the year, but that's why I like to talk about put a lot of the onus and um, spotlight on our personal list because I think that's more important because we all do have different perspectives. We all do have different expectations or wants from certain franchises. So that's why I think individual lists are more important. The collective thing is cool, so we can say this was our collective game of the year. But Some nice good math. I digress. Uh, so coming in at number 10, uh, Fallout 76. Um, obviously this is uh, controversial for it being on Dom's list, but like he said, he didn't really have a lot of the issues people had. He didn't go in with the negative stigma people had. And it's really interesting because you're doing it from the perspective of somebody who plays pretty much alone. So, you know, most people, I think, try to team up or get with other players, right? Whereas you kind of went the more solo route. Uh, number eight, we actually have a tie. Uh, so 8A and 8B. Um, Celeste, which was my indie darling of the year. Absolutely loved it. Um, and darling. 
what I would assume is one of Jordan's Indie Darlings of the Year, 8B, um, only because it's alphabetical order, uh, Dead Cells. Dead Cells tied it at number mm-hmm. 8 with Celeste. Um, I need to get around to Celeste, by the way. Me too. It's it's good. I don't want to build up expectations too much, but it is a very solid platformer. Um, re- cool. It's actually available on Games with Gold for free uh, this month. Super dope. So I might mm. actually play through it again and get the achievements. Um, mm. Number seven uh, was actually on Jordan and I's list. Monster Hunter World. Fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it could do some more things to get it more Western-friendly, but I do think it's a good start to a more Western-focused direction for that franchise. They still have their their very Japanese-centric uh, titles, but I can't wait to see what the follow-up to Monster Hunter World is. I do think we're getting DLC this year for like a winter thing in the fall. Like some yep, expansion. Yeah, they announced an expansion. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, going to be Monster Hunter 10U uh, XX Generations. Uh, next up, we're three. getting to the games that all of us either had on our list or ranked high on at least two of our lists. So at number five, we actually have a tie between two games. Uh, 5A is Hollow Knight, which is actually on all three of our lists. Um, we I think we all really enjoy that game. Um, 5B mm. is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. So Jordan had that a lot higher than Dom and I, but Dom and I both also had it on our list. Or maybe Good I game. just had it on Great my list. Game. Yeah. Good game. I mean, it's number five, so no complaints there. Uh, number four, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, Dom and I were pretty high on Assassin's Creed Odyssey! If Jordan, if you would have played this game this year, I would assume yeah. it would have been on your top ten. As to how high yeah, or low, yeah. who knows. But it's safe to say it probably would have ended up on your top ten. Um, number three, Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, great game. Obviously, Jordan and I really enjoyed it. Dom didn't give it respect, <laughs> and he didn't play it, so... <laughs> Gee, I wonder, lot, I wonder what one Thanks and two are. <laughs> one and two, yeah. So number yeah. two is God of War. Um, obviously, Dom had it at number one. I had it at number two. Jordan had it at number four. Is it four? Mm. I think four, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, after Smash Bros. Yeah, so obviously Dom and I were higher on it than, than Jordan was. Um... And then our number one, which came in at number one on two of our three lists, and number two on the third Spider-Man. one, was Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Um, so if you haven't listened to us for a long time, our game of the year for the last couple of years, we started the podcast in 2016. Our game of the year that year was Dark Souls 3. Great uh, game. Great game. Uh, last year, uh, in 2017, our game Horizon of the year... Horizon Zero Dawn, baby! Our game of the year was Super Mario Odyssey. Oh. Uh, I think it was uh, Super Mario Odyssey, Horizon Zero Dawn, and then Breath of the Wild, I think was number three. Um, and this year, Spider-Man PS4. Honestly, if Spider-Man, God of War, Red Dead all came in at number one, I would have been happy with it. Like I said on my personal list, I really enjoyed all three of those games a lot. Whereas with 2017, I had a lot of complaints with Breath of the Wild. For me personally, with God of War... Even the stuff I wasn't super in love with, it was more expectation-based on, like like I said before. Whereas with Breath of the Wild, there were things that I think were very uh, overstated. And I think people were a little bit hyperbolic in their praise of Breath oh, of the yeah. Wild, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, our game of the year for 2018 is Spider-Man PS4. I want to ask you guys real quick, early prediction, what do you think will be... What do you think one of the highest games for us will be? Like, if you had a, not necessarily number one, but if you had a bank on one landing in the top three. I think Sekiro sure. has a strong chance, um, if it ends up being good. I'm 
still worried about the Activision partnership. I think I'm just cautiously optimistic on that, but I think Sekiro is definitely a safe bet because it is a From game, and we tend to be pretty high on those as of recently. So, I agree. I think Sekiro. Uh, you heard Kingdom Hearts three Jordan? as well. I think oh. I think it has a good chance. Yeah, KH three, and now I might I might surprise you a little bit, but I'll say. I wouldn't be surprised if Anthem ends up you know, being pretty high on our list, even though I'm very, you know, cautious about this game. Yeah, it's tough. Could be, uh, could be. I think, uh, Jared, I think The Outer Worlds is going to have a good shot. Ooh, um, good call. Good call. Yeah. If it comes out next year. I don't know that I'll end up playing to. it. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> I'm also not going to play Anthem, though, so. <laughs> yeah. But it depends. Like if if Anthem is number one or two on both Jordan and I's list, it's going to rank pretty high overall. Right. So it's like, yeah. So fuck right. you, Dom. Who cares? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Look, Red Dead Redemption World, two. Son. Red Dead Redemption two came in at number three, and you didn't play it, Dom. So there's always a chance that yeah. it ends up in the top three. You know. Yeah. Outer Worlds is we a good still have though. some taste. Um, I'm trying to think. There, Metroid Prime Four. Are all, we all getting that if it comes out this year? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I mean, Last of Us Part Two, but that's not coming out this year. But yeah, I think that'd be up there as well. I just I'm not sold that game's coming out this year. Yeah. Um, now that Neil okay. said we'll have more to show you, it's like all right. Well, they posted a picture on New Year's of like them hiring people and like uh, uh, doing like acting and stuff. I'm like, I want it to come out this year. I don't think so. I'm trying to think. Is there any other game that all three of us will enjoy? Because it's not so much the biggest title of the year, right? Uh, Animal Crossing, are all three of us getting that? I'm getting it for sure. I just don't know where you guys line. I'd say we're more likely to all love Pokemon. We're more likely to all love Pokemon, I think. Ooh, Pokemon's a good one. Where are you on that, Dom? Are you interested? Come on, Dom. We'll see. I've been uh, keeping tabs on what's coming out specifically on Switch next year because I'm looking for... This year. I've been looking for like a... Shit. This year, you're right. (laughs) My bad. First mistake, first time I've made that mistake so far. But anyway, I've been looking for some RPGs on Switch. I've just been feeling the itch, you know, for Ooh. Switch. I'm worried about Fire Emblem Three Houses. I want it to be good, but yeah. who knows? Uh, oh, Luigi's yeah. Mansion Three. Are we all interested in that? No. Sure. No, you're not. I interested mean, when in it's Luigi thirty dollars. Yeah. Interesting. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to think of other things. Uh, my plan is to f- uh, play Gears uh, Gears of War Four in the next couple of weeks, Dom. Ooh. So I'm ready for Gears Five this fall. Um, them going a more narrative approach, and it seems like they're focusing more. They took out the of war in in the title, and I do think that is a, a choice based on the direction of the game. And I do think they're focusing more on narrative, and I do think it I'm could be that. a big surprise. Um, we more like ta- Gears of Boar. I'm thinking. Uh, <laughs> so Sony has Sony has Days Gone and Dreams that are probably coming out this year. I don't know. I'm probably not getting Days Gone. If it reviews well, I might, but I'm kind of worried about that game. Uh, Mm -hmm. Crackdown 3 probably won't obviously be there. I'm just going through the titles real quick. Yeah, I think we named a lot of the the strong ones. I mean, if Resident Evil 2 comes out to stellar reviews, I might get on that train. Not right away, because I'm going to go Kingdom Hearts 3 first, but who knows. And Metro Exodus, I think, is a dark horse as well. Sorry. Wait, so are we... Are we all playing KH3 around launch then? Hell yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, I didn't know that you guys, uh, like Dom, I figured you were on board since you kind of been, been catching up. Uh, Jared, I didn't know you were, are you like day one then? Yeah, I'm, I'll probably watch a video of like Dang. all of the random spinoff games I didn't play 
just to like get. Me oh yeah, I've been watching recaps and I've you know played <laughs> the whole series. So I'm gonna be very Jordan, spiteful and Jordan, angry me... that I never came to Xbox the collection, but I'll still pick it up day one. Mm-hmm. Jordan, I'll give you a great big old American Pie Steven Stifler. Hell yes! <laughs> um, Jesus. Next week we're going to return to our normal type of show, obviously talking about what we've been playing and the news and all that good stuff. There was some news that dropped the day of recording this regarding Bungie and Activision and some other crazy stuff happening. So we'll have plenty to talk about next week. We might even have a guest. Whoa! Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed our personal Game of the Year lists. Um, we all have similar tastes, but also very different tastes at the same time. Um, so it's really cool uh, how we approach games and our perspective. And I do think we're going to have a lot of conversations in the new year. Um, we didn't even mention any indie games that might float to the top. Some random indie game darling that we all fall in love with. But, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week for episode 129. Thank you guys for listening. If you can, please follow us on iTunes. Uh, leave us a rating. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Leave us a like if you can. Follow us on Twitter at CTRLINT. It's controlled interests abbreviated. I'm at Jared underscore. Dom is at Dom's Oreos. And Jordan is at Malamotis. Catch you guys next time. Bye.